Originally, Scythian. Scythian. That was the original name for our town. Anybody know that? Scythian. Interesting, kind of an interesting name. In the mid-1800s, where all this kind of this part of the world was being, you know, established, a lot of times it was around water. So in the case of, of this town, Scythian, at least originally, around Lacriol Creek. And then in 1852, somewhere in there, it was renamed Dallas after a vice president for the then president, James Polk. A guy named George Dallas was the VP. And so I'm not sure how he got his name on the town, but that's just how it flowed. So Cynthian became officially Dallas. Kind of a rich history, 167 years uh, you know, up on screen, I don't know if you, if you saw uh, the old photos around here. They have a number of archives and that sort of thing. And, uh, and the Carnegie Building, that's, that's still here. That was originally a, a library. I think the Carnegie family built these in a lot of different places. This just happens to be one that they often would, would want as a library. And then, of course, the, the iconic Polk, you know, courthouse there with the the clock tower, which I always think of Back to the Future. You know what I mean? The, the clock tower. But it's such an iconic building. Of course, it's got stuff that's been added on the other side. But, you know, I love the original. Just kind of the way it stood right there. And, you know, the town has changed over 167 years. So I love my town. Can you, can you say that with me? I love my town. Yeah, you can do better than that. Come on. You've had some coffee. Ready? I love my town. One more time, loud and proud. I love my town. Okay, why? Why do you love your town? Why do you love it? You can think of some things. Maybe okay, take a few minutes here. Some of you are far from neighbors. Uh, tell someone close to you, if you have a neighbor, what you love about this town. Give you like one minute. Go, go, go quick. One minute. One thing you love about this town. Think of something, at least one thing. Yeah? I love that we can walk anywhere easily. Uh, you probably see me walking around town. I walk to work. I love that. You know, it's only about a mile and a half. I mean, you, I love that. I love the fact that I know the mayor, first name basis. I know the chief of police. I know the CEO of the chamber. He's a good friend of mine. I like that part of it, you know, being able to kind of know and be known. Uh, I will tell you that Jackie will not go to Safeway with me. Because she's discovered that if I go there, I, in fact, uh, my son-in-law, Tyler, does a, a Ben count. And what he'll do when he goes, it's like a thing. He'll actually count the, the people that I know in the store and try to, you know, rack up points for that. There's a certain point system that he's worked out. You know, Jackie's like, I'm not, I just need to go get some bread. I'm not going to take an hour to go get, get bread. But I love that. I like that, you know, known and being known. I mean, it's pretty quiet. You know, not, not a ton of, uh, you know, at least visible crime, you know, out there. I, uh, I love that we're an hour from a lot of places. We're, we're an hour from the beach. Has anybody been to the beach in the last, like, month? Okay, that's pretty good. It's weird how we live that close, and then it's like, oh, it's all the way, it's 45 minutes. Uh, I, love, I love the fact that we're close to mountains. We can go to, you know, get up on the mountain pretty quick. Uh, I, I, I love that. I love being close enough, but not too close to Portland. 
Whenever I feel like I want to get a little weird, I can take the trip in, grab those voodoo donuts or whatever, and I can go back, go back home. I love the fact that we're, we're, we're close to hiking. How many have done the basket slew? That's pretty close. Yeah. You know, sometimes you'll see you know, wildlife out there. You know, we are in the center of the grass seed capital of the world, which I feel like is now turning into the hazelnut capital of the world. Uh, there's, they're planting hazelnuts everywhere. Uh, I grew up on a grass seed farm, and so that, that's near and dear to my heart. But I love the fact that we have you know, some great crops around here, great hazelnuts. And of course, we are in the new Burgundy. I don't know if you know this. You may not be a wine person. That's, that's okay. But there's a particular grape that grows here that doesn't grow well in many, many places. It's this pesky little thin-skinned grape called the Pinot Noir. And it grows here. And, man, we, uh, we, we win contests in France from wine that comes right from here. Pretty, pretty amazing thing. I mean... Yeah, I love the fact that this is happening here. But I realize sometimes when we're talking about things that we love, we tend to sometimes get negative. What do you not like about your town? Okay. What do you not like about... It's it's easy. I feel like that's why I want to start with the positive ones because I feel like I don't know what that is about us as humans. We tend to eh, get a little negative. I mean, uh, I, I love the fact that there's a lot of retired folks here, but sometimes they drive slower than I want to drive. Can I just say that out loud? I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, there was like a light out in kind of a major intersection. If you guys were caught in that yesterday, and like the whole town just loses its mind. We, can, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do with this. Yeah, we have, some, we have some things that we struggle. We have some struggling downtown things issues. I mean, we have some empty you know, storefronts, and nobody likes to see that. We want to see good businesses thrive here. Uh, you know, the fact that there's not a, a chain restaurant. I mean, not a, a non-fast food chain restaurant. You know what I mean? Like an Applebee's or something. Who would like to see kind of just a chain restaurant? We don't say what it is, but yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, that would be nice. I mean, we got weird smells here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You... you Especially in the summertime. I mean, when, when people have to kind of want to come to Dallas. Uh, and, and so we want to put our best foot forward. But what happens is they've got to step through the sustainable Rick Real farm. And there's this smell that, that people have to go through this wall of, you know, fun. And then, of course, when they fertilize around here, it like waffles through the whole city. And, yeah, so that's maybe not so good. Allergies. Anybody deal with allergies? Yeah. Talk about it being the grass seed capital of the world. We chose the right place to live because I got grass seed allergies. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, there's not enough to do in Dallas. Right? You know, you hear sometimes young people will say that, and I think that's right. Um, that's part, partly why we did that whole six-string club, uh, to give kids some things to do because music was a really big thing for me. It really helped kind of keep me out of some trouble. Uh, you know, people will say there's no decent private sector jobs. You know, and, and other people say, well, I don't really like the bedroom community feel here. And, uh, you know, those are kind of, kind of related. You know, I know a lot of people in our town that, uh, you know, to, to, to make a living, they've got to work outside this town, you know, commute. I know some people that are commuting to Portland every day, which if you've ever done the commute time, that's pretty rough a lot of times. So there's some things, there's some challenges here, but it's easy to fall into the negative trap but I don't think that complaining ever gets stuff done. 
I don't think that's really, really helpful. And the question is, do you love your town? And if you and I love our town, then we want to work for the good of the town. We want to, we want to see it thrive. We want it to be a place where, where it's, it's a great place to raise kids and a great place to live. I mean, do you know the town well? Now, some of you, I realize Dallas is not your town. You, you, commute, you come in from another town. But do you know your town? Do you know the best spot in town? You know maybe the rough spot in town. Uh, I know I feel like every community has a felony flats. You ever heard that term? You know, it's like, oh, this is a special felony flats. But I've been in a lot of cities, and everything's got kind of that spot where you're like, oh, you know, that could use some love. Do you know your town? Do you know who is it that lives here? Do you know the age demographic of Dallas? I did a lot of work before we planted this church, and I was looking at the trends here. Who was moving here? what businesses were here, what the demographic, what the age and that sort of thing. And, and at that point in 2000, between 2005 and 2007-ish, Dallas was seeing a 15 to 20% growth rate. And there was, there was kind of new, new people coming in. I think we're starting to see that trend yet again. I think we're, we're going to see our town change a little bit. How much do you know your town? Because you got to know what to love it. And God has chosen each of us for whatever reason, to be here. And so God has called us for a purpose. We're here for a reason. might just be for a season, but God's called us here to love the town that we're in. And so I want us to shift our mindset. Instead of, you know, dwelling on the negative, let's dwell on ways that we could really help the city to thrive and to honor God by loving people because when we love our town, it's because the people in it. And God wants to love people. His heart is for people. And so that's why we love our town. And let's choose, rather than complaint, you know, and hate, to choose more love and service. And that's kind of the goal of this series. We're kicking it off today. I've taken a longer intro than I normally would. But we're kicking off this series because I really feel like each week we have an opportunity to love our town. In fact, today, you'll, you'll see the tables when you came in. You can turn around and look at them real quick. Uh, there's some tables back here, and I'm going to talk about them. But there's places for you to write a note of encouragement. We'll talk about that at the end as an action item. But every week we get a chance to show love to our town. And today I'm going to talk about three steps. And I'll give them to you ahead of time. And then we're going to pray. Uh, number one, we get to choose to love. Number two, we get to choose to pray. And number three, we get to choose to act. That's what I'll be covering today. Let's, uh, let's ask uh, the Lord to speak to us right now. Let's pause for a word of prayer. Father, we come before you. We thank you for loving us so much more than we could possibly imagine, even though we're more sinful than we want to realize. You've, you've, you've loved us and you've called us for a purpose. You've put us in our towns for a reason. You've put us here to thrive and to help others and to love others. So, Father, work through us. Do your work through us today. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Number one, choose to love. Choose to love. That's number one. Love is a choice. Love is a verb. When we say we love, we want to serve someone. The biblical concept of love has to do with this kind of supernatural, uh, put someone else's needs above your own. And that's what we would call agape love. That's kind of the Greek word that we get our, our English word from. And so we get to choose to love. We love people. God loves people. If we love God, we're going to want to love his people too. It's like we, we get you know, a bit of his passion for people. As we love God, we love other people. There are many times in scripture where, where people chose to be a, be, be a catalyst for good in their community, in their, in their city. And there was one point in Jesus' ministry 
where we get kind of the, the veil is opened a little bit and we get to hear from his heart. In Luke 13, there was this moment where this is kind of Jesus is marching toward the end of his very short career. And he's about to face a pretty rough go at it. He's about to do this thing. And he's, he's in a position where he can kind of see the city of Jerusalem. And his heart breaks for Jerusalem. Not for the, the gates and the town, not for the buildings. His heart breaks for the people. And listen to what he says in Luke 13. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. His heart was breaking for people. His own nation would not recognize him, rejected him. His heart was breaking for the city of Jerusalem. There's another story in scripture about a leader, interesting guy named Nehemiah. Some of you may know the story from, from the Old Testament section of the Bible. Nehemiah was really actually a kind of a low man on the totem pole in where he was, he was, he was serving uh, this foreign king in a foreign country because he was part of you know, the, the last remnant of, of what, would have, what was the ancient nation of Israel. And after years of civil war, and there's a bunch of story behind this, but the northern and southern kingdom of Israel split, and there was bad king after bad king. And finally, in the northern tribes, Assyria, ancient Assyria came and took away the northern tribes, and that left the southern tribe of Judah there. And in the, in the first wave, Babylon comes in and conquers the city and takes some people to a to a faraway place in Babylon. And one of those guys is a guy named Nehemiah, who was basically just a, a wine checker for the king, just made sure there wasn't poison in the wine. What a great job. <clears throat> and that's what he was, but then he heard about his homeland. He heard about how back in, in our homeland, the, the town was decimated you know, from, from all the invasions, and it was just in, in really bad shape. And so he hears about that, and his heart breaks and he asked the king, would it be possible if we go back and do some rebuilding? And, and the king graciously said, sure, do you need some money and equipment? And he's like, sure. And so this amazing story kind of takes place with this kind of no-name person named Nehemiah does this great thing. In fact, the scriptures say that they were able to rebuild in 52 days. That wall was restored and, and, and the city was restored because of his heart for the city. God loves people. That's why God's heart is for towns and cities, because that's where people are. Lots of people. God's heart is for the city. When we love God, we want to love his people. We want to love people who, who are far from him. That's part of our heart. It's part of the heart of God. And I love what Mark 12, 30 says. And this is something that, that really is something that we've, we've heard about, we've listened to many times. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your mind and with all your strength. And then you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There are no other commandments greater than these. We love God, and because he loves people, we love people. That's, that's the heart and soul of what it means to I love my town. And we want to avoid, on the negative side, the Jonah syndrome. Who's read the book of Jonah? Uh, you probably know the story. There's the fish thing. Interesting story, too, where you have this guy named Jonah. We don't really know much about him other than the fact that God taps him on the shoulder 
and says, I'd like you to go and give this message to the people in Nineveh, which is, again, that ancient civilization known as Assyria. This is like the capital and a lot of people there. And Jonah is tapped on the shoulder by God, say, I want you to go there and preach to them. And Jonah, who has a huge heart for the city, no, he runs the other way. He decides, I don't want to do that because I think deep down he knows that God loves people, which is a strange thing. Like, he's going to run from God because God loves people. It just just seems like a backward thing. Like, I don't want that to happen. He runs the opposite way, and, and if you know the story, he finds himself on a boat. By the way, pro tip, if you're going to run from God, stay away from boats. Stay away from boats, fish, the whole thing. Don't even, don't even put the, the pole in the water. Stay away if you're going to run from God. But he decides, you know, after being thrown out of the boat and swallowed by fish, the fish vomits him up. I love the phrasing there. The fish vomits him up. Uh, we don't know what kind of fish it was. I don't even know. But this kind of the miraculous thing where it kind of wakes Jonah up. But Jonah, it doesn't even end well. The story does not end well. Jonah doesn't like have a come to Jesus moment and he's happy now. He finally does what God asked him to do. He goes to Nineveh, and Nineveh is, again, this big capital city. He walks around saying, hey, you know, God's judgment's coming, whatever. And the city miraculously turns everything upside down. The king, he says, hey, we need to repent. I mean, the people are like, hey, this is a serious message. We're in a bad shape. We need God. I mean, the people respond well to, you know, Jonah's worst message ever. You know, like that was his sermon God's judgment is coming. You all are going to die. That was just basically a sermon. And he speaks that, and, and the people magically, not magically, but they just, they, they decide, hey, that's, I need to do, we need to do something about this. And, and so Jonah here is this kind of this character that brings, you know, basically a blessing to the city he didn't even want to. And he was allowing hate, prejudice to fill his heart. He didn't want these people to, Repent, and yet God does a, 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 a powerful thing. In fact, even God kind of chastises him a little bit, like, you know, shouldn't I care for these people? God's heart is for people. There were so many people in that town that God had love for, and Jonah became kind of this unwilling participant to make it happen. And, and, and we need to understand that God loves people, and he wants us to love people. We don't want to have this Jonah syndrome where... We have hate and prejudice, and we don't want to. We don't want to show love to people, and it's easy to do. But we want to avoid the Jonah syndrome, because God can use your talents, your gifts, your experiences, your ups and downs, your mistakes to show love, and He wants to use you. God has a ministry wired for each of us, and discovering what that is is key. God, what do you want? How how, how can I help in this city? How, how, what do you want from me? to show love to people around me. Number two is choose to pray. And this can be difficult too. Choose to pray even for people that maybe you're not, you're not like. People that maybe you have a, a struggle with. People that you would have a tough time taking a car ride with. Pray for people. Ask God to soften your heart for people. Consider a prayer walk. I've done this several times where I just pray through the neighborhood or pray around town. I just pray for God to, to speak to people, to soften hearts, to soften my heart for, for people. 
so that I can love people. Consider a prayer walk. Walk through your neighborhood. Maybe you don't live in a neighborhood. Maybe you just pray down your gravel road wherever you live. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm. We were out, and there were gravel roads everywhere. I just remember my first conversations with God were on a gravel road in the middle of nowhere, just praying, you know, for God to do something with my life. Pray, choose to pray. Paul wrote this to one of his friends in the New Testament. He wrote this in 1 Timothy 2. He said, first of all, I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high places, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people, listen to this, all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's vote is yes for people. And so maybe if you're, if you're kind of struggling, maybe you've got a little bit of a hard heart to the people in your neighborhood or the people that you see around town, pray that God would soften your heart. Even the people that are hard to love. Pray that God would soften your heart. And I, I, I believe this to be true, that God will give you an opportunity to show love. It'll probably blow your socks off. It'll just be one of those moments where you're like, wow, I can't believe that happened. It's a God-only moment. Pray that, that God would soften your heart to people. Pray for the DRV. There's a lot of retired folks here in town. And you know what? There's a lot of retired folks that don't go to church. My, my parents are baby boomers. And they started leaving the church in droves a couple, couple decades ago. People are always kind of lamenting about Gen Z and millennials. But baby boomers have stepped away from church too. And, 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 and what if we could reconnect some of them to using their gifts and talents? There are people in this town that we can pray for, even folks who have retired. Pray for the Polk County government. And I realize that that's kind of a sticky thing right now. But I really believe that God's called us to pray for the president for the Congress, he's called us to pray for the Supreme Court. Look, we need to be praying for these folks. They got decisions that are affecting a lot of people, right? Pray. Pray for our government. Pray for the city. Pray for, you know, new, new businesses to come here and thrive. Pray for people to have meaningful work. It, ma it matters so much to have meaningful work. It changes things for families. Pray for the first responders, I was talking about this earlier, I think, uh, and, and how I was, I was a chaplain for a little while here. And, man, the work that first responders do, we need to lift them up. We need to be praying for them. They're seeing stuff they don't want to see. They're having to see kind of that, that, that ugly side of things sometimes. And, and we need to be praying that, that God would help them. Some of them, they got P PTSD. There's some folks in here that are dealing with PTSD. That have maybe been on the on the on the firing line in the military. Pray for folks like that. Pray for doctors. Pray for the doctors here. Pray for the teachers. Right? Pray for people that are educating people in our town. They're doing great work. You think about a lot of teachers, if you've got kids or grandkids, you know, they're spending a lot more time with the teacher than they are with you. Pray for those teachers. Pray for broken homes, the foster care system. Some of you know that Jackie and I went through that for a while. Pray for those folks. They are overworked and underpaid. And they're in a rough system. Pray for those folks. Pray for the people in this town. Some things can only be fixed through prayer. 
Some things can only be affected through prayer. So be praying. And may this be our prayer. And I want to say this together. Help us not be the best church in the city, but to be the best church for the city. Let's say that again. Ready? Help us not be the best church in the city, but to be the best church for the city. One more time. You get that? Help us not be the best church in the city, but to be the best church for the city. We want to be the best church for the city. We want to help them. It's not about our tribe or our little group here. It's, it's asking us, how can we affect our town with love? How can we bring God's rescue mission of love to our, to our, our town? So we choose to pray. Pray that God would soften your heart. And finally, here's number three, choose action. We're going to get a chance to do that here in a little bit. But look, love is a verb. And it, and it moves. If we love God, we'll obey what he's asked us to do. And that is to love people. Love people legitimately by taking action. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling us to do to love on people in our town? God can do something powerful through us. Jesus himself said, when you love one another, you're showing who's your dad. When you love one another and people see that, they say, ha, they must love Jesus. When we love other people, it's obvious and it becomes apparent. And people bring glory to God when they see the good things we do in the name of Jesus. When we love our, when we love our town, we display God's heart and his action for our town. Here's a couple action steps, okay? You ready for this? Action step number one. And they're on the back. Before you leave, grab one. You know, if you've got something you can do, write a note of encouragement to someone. So there's some, some cards back there, some, some uh, envelopes. It's all done for you. They're black there. Here's what I want you to do. Consider writing a, an encouraging note to maybe someone who has been an influence in your life. Write it. it doesn't have to be a long thing. It doesn't have to be several pages. Just write, take a card and say, hey, you really affected my life. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for coaching me. Thank you for helping me, teacher. Maybe it's a family member that's really been helpful for you. Write a note of encouragement. That's action step number one that you can do today, right now, won't cost you anything. Well, maybe a stamp. But write a note of encouragement. And maybe you're like, well, I don't know who to write to. Hey, we just talked about praying for a lot of people. Maybe you could write a thank you note to the mayor. You know he's not paid, right? I think there's only two towns in Oregon where the mayor's actually paid. R write, a, write a note to him. Say, I'm praying for you. Hey, maybe it's a first responder. Maybe you can write to the chief of police. Man, I'm so glad you're here helping us out, keeping us safe. That makes sense. So write a note of encouragement. Write a note of encouragement today. And here's a, here's a second thing. And this is something that's going to take a week. But next week, we're going to get ahead of all the holiday stuff. And we're going to make a donation together to the food bank here in town. So next weekend, bring some canned food to share. Right? Just, well, we want to see this lobby full of this stuff. And I've got to pick up. We're going to deliver it to the food bank. We're way ahead of the curve here. I know people think about the food bank around November or December, but let's, let's beat it all. Let's, let's go way early. And here's the deal. Bring good canned food. Don't do that canned beet stuff. Nobody eats that stuff. Don't bring any box of powdered milk. I know it's funny because I bring it up a lot. No powdered milk, no pickled beets. Bring the good stuff. Bring some peanut butter. Why? Because, hey, let's, let's bless people. 
Let's take it up a notch. So this week, our action item is, right, write a note of encouragement. Grab those notes. Even if you need to take it off today, write a note. Someone that's been an influence in your life or someone you, you want to encourage. And then next week, I want you to bring some food, some good food, so that we can bring it to the, to the food bank. Dallas needs us. Your town needs you. Your town needs you. And, and those, God loves our town because there's people in it he loves. And if we're going to honor God, we want to love the people he loves. And so ask God, pray about that this week. God, how can I love the people in my neighborhood, the people in my town? There's a lot of people here who don't know Jesus. I would love to see us affect that. He's called us here for a reason. We're here maybe just for a season, but he's called us here to love our town, and I want us together to love our town. So before you leave, grab a note, write to someone, say, I'm praying for you. Thank you for your service. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we thank you for the fact that you you love our town and you love the people here. Father, help us to have the same heart for people that you do. Father, I pray that you would help us to choose to love, choose to pray, and choose to do something about it. Father, help us have the same heart that you have for people. Break our hearts for the things that break your heart. Father, empower us to love our neighbors. Empower us to love the people in our town. Lord, inspire us to have a passion for our town just like you do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you were here today.